the hardest working podcast in Portland, Oregon, man. Play no game. What's poppin', you guys? It's CB, oh, your favorite underground, <laughs> but on top of the ground, Pacific <laughs> Northwest podcast. The Play No Games show. And I got friends. Uh, yeah, what's popping, guys? Ew. Uh, <laughs> that's, that, that, uh, my name is Koss. And I'm Arthur. Should I introduce myself, too? No, I feel no, like no. I'm not Just part hold of the up. Just get you, hold up. Give it a second. <laughs> we got you. Okay, okay. We got and you. And as you can see, we have an illustrious guest. But before we tell you about this man, this Portland legend, like, comment, subscribe, hit that bell. Yeah. We need it. Following is free. But I'm going to pass it to my main man to my left because he's going to let y'all know our best and most favorite segment. Yes, sir. This is the Play No Game segment. It could be positive, negative, informative. It could be anything you want it to be. All you have to say is I'm ready to play no games about this. And Tyler, you've been on the show before. But I want to, sh- I want to show you what we talking about real quick, and then we're gonna let you go. And then after we done, I'm gonna introduce you properly, so we can get this rolling. So Cassian, uh, uh, you know what I started with you last time, Robert? Heck we playing no games. Oh, I was actually, wa- I couldn't wait for this. <laughs> I want to play no games about. Wait a second, God damn it! The black community is gonna oust me if I get this wrong. Regina King. I want to play no games about her because I don't think we gave her enough credit because I watched the video, yeah, not yesterday, like a couple hours ago, and it was her voicing Riley and Free, Riley and Huey mm-hmm. on, on the on the Boondocks, and I don't think we gave her that much credit for playing two motherfucking characters, and I got to see her just like do that, like have how they have a conversation, and I was like, how does this? How does she do that shit? The Boondocks is such an iconic show and she was two main iconic characters and i just watched her in the studio do that i was just so dope so i want to play no games about regina king being a fucking boss um you know i think it's i think it's important for us to begin to recognize this the the aspect of like voiceovers in general i think it's mm. it's a huge a huge not only importance but it's it's tough it's a tough role to play because you don't actually get to be a character you have to imagine your character and I think putting yourself in imagination gets you some flexibility, but it also like it's a lot more work. I feel mentally. Um, yeah, I just want to add. You watched Boondocks? I did. Yeah. What was your favorite episode? The Santa one. Oh. <laughs> <laughs> I'm not gonna lie, that's actually my favorite one as well. <laughs> dear, when you the letter, yeah, yeah, that's dear Santa Claus. Excuse me, dear Santa, you bitch. Ass nigga, <laughs> hey, what you up? But that's what I'm playing no games about. <laughs> Cassian, right. what you playing no games? About? Uh, playing no ta- games about uh, time zones. Uh, mm-hmm. So I uh, got a new client, and of course uh, they had to be in Guam of all places. Oh, uh, shout out to Guam! My wife's yeah. from Guam. Oh, really? Yeah. There you go. Shout out to Guam. Shout out to all the Chamorros out there. Oh, to my folks, man. Spam Masubi, shout out to that. Ooh, Red okay. rice. There you go. <laughs> Yeah, uh, so my sales manager, he's actually from Guam, uh, so he moved back to Guam, and of course he had to sign on the dealership that's on, you know, his his, his island. Uh, and but it's great; they're great clients. They're paying a good amount. But man, um, 
17 hours is the time change. Oh, so Jesus. I got to, so when it's like, I don't even know when it's like four in the morning over there, it's like 10 AM here, but it's four in the morning the next day. Yep. So yeah. So I got to maybe work a couple later shifts just for those guys, but it's okay. It's, it's all oh. part of it. They're good clients. Yeah. Shout out to Guam. <laughs> Shout out to Guam. Tomorrow, folks, what up, baby? I see y'all. Ty, yes, Tyler, what you playing no games about? Yeah, see, look, this time he didn't give me no script. He didn't give me no questions. I'm just walking into it. Yes, you are. Mm-hmm. I'm playing no games, and I'm sure y'all have talked about this in a recent pod. You know where I'm going. I'm playing no games with keeping Dame in Portland. Oh, ah, it's an yeah, 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 yeah. They gave me a platform and I'm here to exhaust it. <laughs> Dude, I, look, here we go. I was at the Genesis. The Genesis. I'm probably the biggest Portland. I mean, I'm biggest Blazer fan. For sure, the biggest Dame fan. I was at the Genesis and we were sitting in Lake. I ain't never, I don't ever go to Lake Oswego. Oh. We was at Lake Oswego with my cousins from uh, Eastern Oregon. We eating. And uh, they're like, oh, you see what's going on over there? I say, no, nah, what, what's, what's going on? Like, what do you mean? They're like, oh, they're ha- the Blazers are having a meeting. I said, oh, shoot. Oh, okay. I see Paul Allen. I see him. I see the GM. Forgot his name, who that was. And then there was this shorter black dude. And I was like, who the dude they meet with? He's like, oh, that's Damian Lillard. He plays at Weber State. I said, who and where? <laughs> oh, that's funny. Okay. I said, what they meet with him for? We had the sixth pick. And uh, I said, I think they said he's, they, they, uh, they're about to draft him. I said, they ain't drafting him. They better off drafting me. <laughs> <laughs> drafting into the military? What? No, 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 no. I was a, I wasn't a believer, but then I went home, went and watched his YouTube clips, and we've been connected ever since. So this is cool that I'm playing no games with this because I was actually my son was able today to meet Dame at his camp. I bought an authentic jersey. My son froze up when he met him, and he asked him uh, as he was walking up. Dame was like. This is like a real authentic jersey. And I told my son to tell him, my dad says, you need to stay in Portland. <laughs> What's my son say? Oh, I know. Thank you. My dad spent like $275 on it. <laughs> Fumble the bag, man. That was an opportunity to get in the camp and let him know, damn, we can make this thing work. What you need, man? <laughs> there ain't no games about Dame Lillard staying in Portland, by all Respect. means. I'm right there with you. See? It's, my yeah. It, uh, I just. I was think- depressed for about a week. It is what it is at this point. It's if you're a Blazer fan, you, you know the pain. You, you're almost used to just. It's it's sad. This is a different pain. <sighs> it, it is in a way, but I don't know. I'm excited about the future. I'll say that at this point, that's all we can look forward to. Yep. No. It's the, it's the only sure thing we can look forward to. I like the young guy. Oh yeah. Who? I think you shut up. Who? Who? Shaden, Anthony. You think? But Scoot. you think they're gonna lead the Blazers to a playoff run? The playoffs, yeah, why not? They get yeah. older and they get some. And they Dude, they're literally the average age of them. I think is like twenty two, maybe twenty one. We're probably gonna be the youngest team in the league next year. We were already without Dame. It, people don't realize how young we've been for like like two years. Like when you take Dame off the team, the oldest person I think was Nerd or maybe Jeremy. And they're like twenty eight, and Arabelle's is like twenty two, twenty one. Okay, but I'm, but but you got to think about some of the other young guns and some of these other teams like Memphis and and. Worried about them? Uh, can ja, can, and can ja in Houston, eligible? no, Jaw's ja not eligible. Uh, <laughs> New not. Orleans, but like <laughs> you gotta, you gotta look at like there's a lot of young talent across the board. It doesn't matter about that. It's about 
Oklahoma City. That's that's. Nah, they don't got nobody that's as good as Shay. Shay didn't say this. Shay didn't. Are you talking about Shy is way better than him. Yeah, Shy's like five years older though. Shy's like twenty five. Yeah, he's only been in the league sneakily for like. He's only no, he hasn't. At least five. Yes. At least five years. Yeah. He's only like twenty four or something like that. Twenty four, twenty five. Been in the league since he was eighteen. But if he, if the other dude is twenty two, they're only three years apart, bro. Like, I'll say that. I'll say to Josh Giddy's pretty good. I'll say that. Josh Giddy is Josh Giddy's pretty nice. I'm saying we always get these pretty nice guys that don't make it very long and go somewhere else and have a better season. There, there is accuracy there. You know, I will not give you that because we normally trade him for some twenty-eight-year-old guy who's getting paid way too much. Yep. Oh, Jeremy Grant, Norman, Hi. Norman Powell for Gary Trent, for example. Oh, absolutely. Uh, but <laughs> is Dame gonna stay? I, I, would, uh, I wouldn't put my bets on it. Unfortunately, it, no. <laughs> it's okay. Y'all need the voice. I'm not little Dirk, but y'all gonna get me, the super fan. Da- he's he told me he's gonna be a Blazer fan if Dame leaves. Really? Oh, you're not a Blazer fan right now. Okay. He hates the Blazers. <laughs> Hold on, bro. I'm, really? I'm glad old man. And I'm walking it. off. Hey, man, we can cut this. <laughs> <laughs> I'm, I'm, I've always told him I'm going to keep it a band. I'll just say this. If really? I ever meet Dame in real life, I'm going to keep it 100. Off the court, so much respect for him. On the court, I got issues and problems. So the only thing I will say. Is it on the court? A little bit, a little bit. only thing I have problems with is how are you going to say, don't get me wrong. I'm going to say this. Please be upset. I know Kevin Durant is one of the softest superstars. I, at least he can admit that. But when he's like, when he made the comment of like, all right, I don't want to run from the grind. My only thing is now you're running from the grind. Management, let management do management. All I'm saying is eat those words. Become the villain. Don't what are y'all doing now on the Twitter stuff. You're running from it. You're a hypocrite. Just say you are. I, I'll just say this. Is your career, but you just can't be sniping other people and then do the same thing they're doing. That's all I gotta say. So, so that, that's off the court, though. No, you're saying he's running from the on the court grind. Yeah, Jimmy Butler. Jimmy Butler. What about Jimmy? He did it. He did. He didn't ask for nothing. He's just doing stuff. Jimmy. Jimmy's played for like four teams and pretty much just burned every bridge. Bro, he's he played. A, he found the right organization. We know he played, yeah, it took you four times. Hey. <laughs> Burnt, he burnt up also, the young Dame, boys. Dame asked for a request at 33 years old. James Harden asked for like four hey. by the time he was 33. Hey, I'll say this. Dame is no James Harden. I will put them in different stratosphere. That that menace to society, he, <laughs> he's ruined so many of my bets. <laughs> so I will admit Playoffs. That. You, you was on some playoff, buddy, with him? That's fine. Regular season, you was hitting home runs. Hey, man, I was a KD fan. I'm still a KD fan. I love you know. KD. I love KD. I, hey, but I can admit when my heroes... You know, well, I can I can admit it too. I would say that uh, I was surprised mm. that he requested a trade. I never thought that was going to happen. I didn't I didn't see that coming. Everybody was all my homies was like, "Nah, bro, just watch." Like I got dudes that um, buddy that's like not in that circle, but he hangs around NBA guys. He's trying to make his way, and they're coaching, and he's telling me, and he's like, "If they draft young boy at three, he's gone." And we was traveling, and I'm trying to watch it on my phone. We was driving to Cali. Okay, Amari, I'm trying to explain to my son. I said, okay, if they say with a third pick, the Blazers trade something, 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 you know, Scoot Henderson, who they drafted, mm-hmm. Dame Stan. Yeah. But as soon as they said they draft Scoot Henderson, I said, oh, shit. Yeah. It's, it's, it's a wrap. And Dame probably said the same thing. He probably watching it like, all right. Yeah, exactly. Last question for you, Blazer related. Uh, are you team make Dame happy, send him to the Heat, or team let's get the best assets we can as, a, as the Blazers? Hmm. Um, that's a tough one. Uh, 
Well, first of all, I don't think Miami has a, a package deal. No. Like, mm. Tyler Hero, to me, is a good basketball player. He's not as good as Ant. Uh, exactly. You know what I mean? Exactly. I think Ant's a more complete, like, he can play the point. You know what I mean? Tyler Hero's maybe a little taller. They shoot about the I mean, yeah, I'm like, I, we don't need him. We don't. You know what I mean? He's going to take time away from our other young dudes developing. Uh, they just don't have no pieces. I don't want picks because if Dame goes there, those picks is going to be, like, 20. Yeah. You know what I mean? So like we ain't getting no top draft picks. So at this point, I wouldn't send up. I wouldn't send my man to like Orlando. Mm-mm. Oh, you know got, what I mean? They got, they got I, assets though. They do got <laughs> assets. OKC got a ton of assets too. Think about him and Shay in the back. The perfect court. trade would be with Toronto because they have too many forwards. Mm. But but how, how good? A, work with but the, uh, well, no, the, let me say this. Let me just say I'm gonna wrap up. How good are these fo- Pascal and and, and, and Pascal, OG? He's gone. He's washed. Pascal well, but, left. Well, Pascal, they, but Scotty Barnes. He left. Pascal's not in Toronto. Scotty, Scotty Burns. Yes, he is. No, he just got traded. He didn't get traded yet. No, he didn't. Pascal. Mm-hmm. He the, wants to. All I wanted to say with that is we they, they revere him so much like over Jeremy and I'm like well if he's th- if they're that good how come they don't win anything one yeah. no like, they're losing with all these dudes who supposed to be cold yeah I, I would say though like like I'm talking about like hmm. Scotty Barnes OG Ananobi. Is OG that good? No. Defensively, he's... A, is he better than Jeremy good. Grant all around? Yes. Mm. He's smaller, though. He's like 6'6", six, 6'7". Six, six, so but not, he's bigger, though. He's a big no, boy. He's a, he's a, he's a better on-ball defender okay. than Jeremy Grant. Yes. Okay. Probably just a little bit more agile. He's more agile. He's, he's stronger, too. That's the thing. Can't shoot as good, I don't he, think, though. No, but Jeremy's not like a knockdown guy either. Okay. Hmm. I play no games about my pleasures, man. I could do a whole podcast on that uh, shit. <laughs> and as we as we transition, because we're gonna we gonna keep pushing forward. We're gonna skip mine today. It's all right. No, um I love to introduce this 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 diamond in the rough, man. I think uh he's 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 made an impact not only in society close range, but all over the United States now and uh um if you don't know him, you've probably seen him. Mm. Um, and if you've seen him, you've probably heard him. Um, My voice is high pitched. And, uh, <laughs> you know, he's one of the most impactful <laughs> motivational speakers that I've seen and witnessed to students um, since I've been alive. Um, and it's yours truly, the, the missionary man, Tyler Monk. Oh my God! Yeah. Look, hey man, I appreciate that, AJ. Welcome. So I love you. Know what, bro? This is the, what we gonna do. I'm gonna, I wanna bring you on the team. Pay you a nice lucrative salary. Who? And open up for me every time with those type of words. Oh, I see. Yeah. <laughs> the setup is everything, bro. I go to so if I still speak it because I do speak at schools quite a bit, and they be like, "All right, Tyler's here." This one kid, I walk in, I walk in his classroom. I told you about that. I walk in the classroom. I walk in this. Cl- I'm working with this classroom. I'm doing a keynote at the school, and I walk into the classroom, and this kid look at me. He said, "Who the fuck is you?" <laughs> <laughs> and I said, "Oh man, I'm just Tyler, man. I'm here to talk to y'all today." He's like, "Oh okay." It's like teacher didn't introduce me. I'm just this dude coming. They don't even know I'm about to show up, man. So that the setup, man, is everything. I appreciate that, man. Absolutely. Much love, man. I take lucrative deals all day. Let's get it. Hey, I don't I'm mind traveling. Ass. You be all over the world, so you know. Hey, I'll take a trip. I get over that fear of flying. Wow. Talk to people about fear all the time, bro. You know I don't like to fly. Oh, yeah. wow. There's been opportunities I could have 
big opportunities, and I made up some excuse. Oh, <laughs> okay. I justified in my head. And I flew all the time in college because when I hooped, I, I had to fly all the time. Uh-huh. And I was nervous then. I would take some drama mean mm-hmm. and stuff, but I just, bro, it's the, what I tell people is it's not being up in the air. It's the anticipation of the check-in, and then it's that little, little bitty space from when you walk from the tunnel Onto the plane. Like that step for me, bro. Really? It's like I'm stepping off a ledge. Interesting. Oh, oh and then I'm trying to, and then the, what I've only works is if I can sit down quick and fall asleep. That's only happened like three times. <laughs> oh, <laughs> That's crazy. I didn't okay. know that. Yeah. Oh, oh yeah. Big what's, what's like the longest flight you can handle? <sighs> we flew to Hawaii for who? Funny story is that's, I went to Central Washington as a D2 uh-huh. all there. And how I chose. So young folks, when you choose your college, uh, make sure you do more thorough research than this. <laughs> uh, I went on the website. I said, okay, let me see what dudes they got on the team. <laughs> how many dudes around my height play point guard, shooting guard. And I said, well, let me see their schedule. Who do they play? Because I never heard of the school. First thing I see, I said, oh, going to Chico. I was like, oh, I've been to Chico. Going to Vegas. I said, oh, not bad. And I said, oh, going to Hawaii? I said, sign me up. Where's Central Washington? I don't even know. <laughs> what kind of programs you got? I don't give a damn. I'm going to Hawaii on a free trip. Boy, we was out there kicking it, taking huge L's. <laughs> but Honolulu was popping. <laughs> you see what I'm talking about? Uh-huh. Absolutely. Oh, that's hilarious. <laughs> I appreciate y'all. So about about six hours, my wife, because like I said, she's from Guam. She yeah. went back Oof. for the first time in 20 years because uh, her father, they had to lay his father down. They have like a, um, a, a ritual, ritual that yeah. they do, and it's like a seven-day process. Oh, wow. She brought our young or our oldest daughter, which was really cool. It's also super expensive. Oh, yeah. I mean, round trip is oh, yeah. three racks. Mm-hmm. No. But um, oh. they was telling me how long they was on them flights. It was like, go to Hawaii, then from Hawaii to Japan and Japan. Yeah. I said, oh, no. <laughs> like 24 hours of flying. Yeah, oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. No. I think I, that would be good for me because at some point you just not you nervous no more. You yeah. didn't like, well, shit, this is what it is. If we die, we die. <laughs> we here. We here, man. If the journey ended tomorrow, would you be happy where you are? Oh, okay. When you say the journey, like basically, um, in your process, yeah, in your process of motivating speaking. Okay, so we're talking everything in that right. sector of what I do, yeah. professionally. Um, yes and no. I'm at a place, man, where every day I just wake up grateful. You know what I mean? And I think uh, we, you know, uh, a lot of people struggle with perspective on that. Mm. You know, there's this like mentality that we've all had to come to a point where it's like, shit, I got to go to the job today. Then you're like, you don't want to go there. It's like, I was a sandwich artist. Y'all know what that is, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Where you work at? Where you a sandwich artist? Subway. So. Yeah, boy, I whipped them things. I was nice. Mm-hmm. That was like, oh, I have to do this. <laughs> then you get to a job when I was working uh, with youth. Like, man, this is, I, I want to do this. I want to go to work. Mm-hmm. But it's not providing financially. I'm not having the reach or the impact that I want. It was limited. And now I get to do um, something. I wake up and I say, man, I get to do this. this is, I'm grateful for it. So, you know, for me, there's a contentment and then complacent. Mm-hmm. So I'm, I'm content. You know what I mean? I'm, you know, I, my kids is healthy. We're able to, you know, swipe a card and not have to worry about like, is it going through? Take trips. Um, I'm grateful for what I have right now, but I'm hungry for more. So where I'm at a space, uh, I'm ambitiously patient, right? And it's always people that don't do what I do that tell me, oh, you could be over here speaking in New York doing this and this and this. It's like, you don't understand kind of how I operate. Like my main thing was like, make as much money as I can 
um, but not have that sacrifice me being there with my family. Mm. You know what I mean? So there's been, t- like I said, there's been deals where I could have contracts that I could have signed and could have went on. And it's like, nah, I don't really flow with my timeline. You know what I mean? And so if everything had a, if the journey, I've, I've enjoyed the journey, man, because it's been, I mean, it was rough, bro. You know what I mean? Like just trying to figure it out, trying to navigate it. I remember I was, I was my first talk I gave 19 years old at Bakersfield College, California, and it was in uh, interpersonal communications. And uh, I'm sitting up there, bro. You know, community college, you got a mixed bag. You got some grandmas, some aunties. Homegirl over here got three kids. He just, you know, got one teacher holding the other. Like, we just, we trying to figure it out. Yeah. You know what I mean? Like, you trying to get that, you know, that, that degree. College, community college is a wild place. And uh, I was like, man, I really like to speak. Because at the time, I started rapping. And uh, I really wasn't that good. Like, I had bars, but I could not put it together. Like, it was very clunky. So I was like, well, how else can I like share a message? I was like, well, I could be, I could speak. So I wrote my first talk, man. I was reading that piece of paper. Boy, I, all the talk was, who is you? Where'd you came, come from? And why'd you decide to go to Bakersfield College? And I couldn't get out two minutes. Couldn't get out two mm-hmm. minutes. Then I moved on to the Boys and Girls Club. This is probably six years later. And uh, <laughs> I worked in the gym room, the gym room and the games room. I was the mm-hmm. games room staff lead. That was my job. Basically in charge of board game checkouts. Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Breaking up the fights at the pool table. These kids that get physical. Don't mess with somebody foosball, boy. This is going funny. down. So anyway, I'm, 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 I wanna, I, I'm into quotes, right? And I said, man, forget all these damn quotes. I ain't Googling no more quotes. I'm going to start making my own quotes. Mm. Boy, if my first quote didn't make no damn sense, it was something like, <laughs> something about being outstanding, but if you're looking outside the circle, then you're outside standing. Ooh. <laughs> and it was a bore. I was like, Damn. it was a bore. That's but a it big was Sean line right there. Oh man, you know, but hey, <laughs> <laughs> hey, they was roasting me at club. Yeah, but hey, the kids had no problem telling you how trash that was. That's funny. And uh, I gave my first like I, when I felt that energy. You know what I mean? Because yeah. I look as as a speaker. The number one thing you have to do is you have to be able to engage with your audience. And some people do that with through humor. Some people do that mm. through uh, just really captivating your mind, through storytelling, uh, whatever the thing is, you know. And I, I wanted to storytell. So um, within, I wanted to storytell, but then teach something, yeah. right? Because if you just storytell, then people are like, damn, that was cool, but what did I learn? Then if you just teach something, you're going to lose people because you're boring. So how can I infuse, like, inspirational storytelling and all that? And so... I gave a, uh, my first real one when I was actually decent and got some people to actually laugh mm-hmm. and engage was uh, I was running the parent orientations at the Boys and Girls Club. Oh, man. And they gave me a pamphlet and they said, Tyler, just tell them what the club's about. I said, well, put that damn pamphlet out of here. I'm ready. It's time to shine. <laughs> and I go up there, boy, and I got them going. And I started, like, you know, doing more and doing more. And just t- I would take any opportunity. You know, I think a lot of the times people just don't. They like my son right now. He, he just he, he's ten, and he's talking like he's about to be in the league. Mm-hmm. And I'm like, hey son, just want to let you know, um, you haven't worked out, you haven't shot the ball unless you were required to at practice all week. <laughs> You're probably gonna be five nine, five ten. That ain't gonna cut it. <laughs> so I think again, that journey for me, bro, is just like. I was so willing to be ambitious with my effort, but mm. patient on the results because I know they'll I'll know they'll come. Mm. And uh, I don't I look at it from abundance mindset. So like for right now in my inbox, I got 
I set my price on it for a keynote, follow-up workshop, some PD training with their staff. And they responded like, wow, that's such a great proposal, but that's way out of our budget. You know, we'd, uh, we'd love to know if you'd be willing to work with it. And the beautiful thing is um, there's been times I say, you know what, I just want to do this pro bono. I'll just do this for free because I believe in this mission. Or I could drop the price. Or I could just say, you know what, I have a standard. This is where I'm at. And uh, it's beautiful to be able to control that. And y'all experience that too with – you know, what y'all, what, you know, some of the works that y'all do. So yeah, if the journey stopped today, man, I'd be, I'd be sad, but I wouldn't be, uh, I'd be content. Mm. Um, but I wouldn't be complacent. Cause complacent means that I feel like you, you settle for less than your fulfilled potential. And contentment means you've done everything in your power to reach your potential. And, uh, sometimes we don't even maximize that, but you can live in the moment that like, even though I didn't hit where I wanted to hit, I gave it everything that I got. And that's kind of how I like to live my life Absolutely. without regrets. <clears throat> I'm, I'll just say this where it's like, um, when you talk, it's very captivating where it's like, um, it's weird where it's like, I think I like, I'll say this on the show where it's like, for me, like it's very, I always look for like male role models for me where I'm like, all right, cool, cool people. Like I can see myself. We're like, cause I know for myself, I've always asked like, what's the blueprint? And I'm always like looking for the blueprint. And what I would tell people is really not a blueprint. You know, you yep. got to build your own trail. Ooh. But like when I hear you speak it like that, Oh, that's the blueprint. Because like, yep. it's almost like I see myself. I'm like, Oh, this is what it looks like. Like two, three years down the road when yep. I believe in myself. But one of the things I feel like, people are really going to miss and you got to really like, go back and hear what Tyler's saying is that contentness. And the real reason why I kind of wanted to bring that piece up is like, it's just so interesting that you found this, this young. Cause like, I feel like you're still at a great age where I yeah. feel like a lot of people have to be well over the hill in they form. Okay. You know, all that enemy, like, man, I really wish I would have taken that yeah. chance. So, I'm just curious, kind of expand more of what AJ was bringing up versus kind of like, and what you were talking about is like, how do you stay in that contentness and not let life like veer you off from like, all right, I want that more, or yeah. it's got to be like this, that James yeah. Harden lifestyle. <laughs> James Harden. <laughs> James trying to have it all, baby. Okay. No knock on, no shade to James. Great basketball player, but. We could obviously see my man's over here who doesn't fool with James. Hey, man, Houston. So yeah, he done lost you. He done lost you some money. You damn right. <laughs> hey, don't play <laughs> about buddy. Back, going back to H soon. Huh? Uh, shit, he, do they want him? No, nah, you gonna mess. Emay don't want him. No one wants him. There's I know no Emay. Emay do not want James Harden <laughs> on his basketball team, bro. <laughs> I've played too many pickup games. He didn't want me on his basketball team. I mean, I'm nowhere near James Harden, I've, you know, when I played. But, like, bro, you got to be willing to cheat a little bit. You know what I mean? You got to be willing to just be like a dog. Like, and I thought I was all that, but playing with Emay, playing with like league dudes, bro, they just cut from a different one. Because my son always asked me, and he asked me this all the time, Daddy, you talk to, Daddy, you think you could make the NBA? I said, Listen, son, no. Mm. <laughs> These motherfuckers work hella hard. Like, and I, I saw it. I was like, I could play at a high level. I play D1, but I'm like, Yeah, that's, I realize that. And that helps me kind of come back to what you're talking about yeah. right now with like, um, I guess what I would say is, man, like, well, first of all, especially if I'm working with young people, um, I start off and I kind of just, I, you know, I start with either a quote or a question or I'll say something like, I'll just, I'm different, right? Because, you, you know, you have like eight seconds to catch people. 
<laughs> or you're just another speaker. Yeah. So mo- if, you, if most speakers come up, hey, my name's Tyler. I'm from Portland. Gone. Right. So I come on and I say, and I say, I want to ask y'all a question. Um, do you believe that you get everything you want out of life? And automatically you got kids raising their hand. Yeah, absolutely. I say, you know, I, I believe you don't get what you want out of life. You get what you're willing to work for, mm-hmm. what you earn. And even then, sometimes that might not be good enough. Um, and so now we're jumping into a conversation. And so when I look at it and I tell them I got six, six kids, we have four, but we took two nieces in. They're like, oh, my God, you got eight kids. I thought you were like 22. Because, you know, you dress mm-hmm. I still dress like a kid, I guess. I mean, this is, if they think they started these trends, they've lost their mind. Good <laughs> Lord. Come on, man. I just like to be comfortable. I ain't seen a pair of jeans in a couple years, to be real. <laughs> either in some either in some shorts or some some sweats. But um, where's I going with that? I don't know what I'm talking about, my wardrobe. Uh, <laughs> look at me. But I would say that, uh, man, I didn't really get, I didn't figure out, you know, I talk a lot about finding your why. And that's a holistic thing for me. Mm-hmm. Some people are able to put it like in a box, like they separate what they do for work, what they do, you know, in their personal lives, what they do over here. They might change like how they interact with different social circles and all that. Like you gonna get me in any space because I hated doing that. I hated having to switch it up and it was exhausting. And then um, I wasn't using my full gift uh, Mm. of communication and real, and I realized I always had it in me. It was just now I got to stay, start taking a risk, you know, calculated risk. So I was 33 when it became crystal clear to me that I want to help people tap into the power of their potential so they can lean into their greatness mm. is very strategic in how I made that ambiguous. Mm. Cause a lot of people like people that need, need like details and stuff. They get irritated with me sometimes. Cause I'm like the big picture vision dude. Um, right. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Yeah, well. yeah. Yeah. Then you got the strategist. Like that's a great plan. That's a great idea. But uh, how the hell are we gonna get some shit done, right? And I, unfortunately for me, I'm a visionary. But then I'm also a planner. I know how to, I want. I know how to. I can envision. Right, like how it's going to get done. So what I tell people is what I've seen is that um, people that have succeeded and built something through COVID, number one, are very resilient. The people that have struggled are really, really inflexible with their process because they've always done it like this and they keep trying to do it like this, but they're getting the same results and the, or the results are getting worse. Mm-hmm. And uh, what I tell people is you got to be flexible with the process, uh, but you got to be unmovable with your vision and why you do it. So when I was 33 is when that became crystal clear. I was like, all right, well, shit, it ain't working like this. I'm going to start doing it like this. And the first thing I did, because like I was trying to build a business off this. I didn't know what my rates were. Made up the first five contracts. I was like, I don't even know how to charge it. I was five thousand dollars. It sounds good, and they paid me. I was like, oh shit! I guess I charge five thousand dollars. <laughs> and, and then I, I started. I would try new strategies, and I talked to other speakers, and they never asked this. Somebody asked me to come in, and I said, and I say, hey, look, uh, well, do you know what what your budget range is? And a lot of speakers said, no, I don't ever ask that. I just tell them, here's like my price, and here's the lowest I'm willing to go. And to me, that's just very transactional, right? Mm-hmm. And so I didn't want, I don't want to treat it like that. I want to, I want to, I, you know, I feel like here's what this is worth based on that. And then if that's, well, you know, outside your budget, let's have dialogue. And so I've just figured this out myself. I didn't take a course on that, on how to, you know, I Googled, you know, how to, uh, you know, write a proposal. Mm-hmm. And bro, I, I tell you right now, at least 10 organizations have told me this is the best proposal they've ever seen. Welcome to Google Docs. Merged with Canva. 
Canva. <laughs> what are we doing? Shout and, out. and people are sitting around like, ah, man, I really got to get this proposal off. I said, yeah, is you going to do it? You either going to do it or you not. Well, I'm trying to try to sit down. You either sit or you don't. Mm. Like, I don't got time for that. You know what I mean? And so I got, you know, I want to put myself in a situation where I replace my income by like 20%. And I had been at that point for a minute. And so uh, I made a calculated risk. I called my supervisor. I said, you know, I love this work. I'm going to give you all about two months. And I'm, she's like, I knew it. She's like, I knew it. I knew it was coming. And then it went all in for a lot of people. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Right. Like security. Like you think that job's secure. Like they have total control. They you know, employee at will. You know what I mean? And so I'm like, I want to build something that somebody can't take from me. And I don't want to have a ceiling on how much I can make. Right. Cause I was very financially literate. We didn't, nobody in my family had ever owned any, homes or property, you know, great people, but just, we didn't know, I didn't know money. And, uh, so that was something that's really, really, uh, grown in, uh, in my, you know, you know, kind of in my vision is understanding how money works within it. Mm -hmm. All right. This gets me into my real question. Mm -hmm. I like, it's like, it's it's my real question. My real question is like the, um, cause I'm hearing your voice where Mm -hmm. like the public speaking market is booming. Yeah. Um, I am a product of it. I listen to ET all the time, yeah, Les Brown, yeah. and like I well, go Les for the guy. See, see you OG. See, that's how I know you really be on it. Less is the I, okay. He's my favorite. You know, Tony Robbins guy. Oh, I like Tony. Tony Robbins is good. Too. I like Tony. It's I just, don't listen to him, but he's good. He's good. But for me, as a consumer, I go for I go to different um, <clears throat> public speakers for different modes I'm in. We're like, uh-huh. I listen to E.T. all the time because I feel like he's my voice. Yeah. I can hear that. I go to, like, Les Brown for, like, when, like, I, I, I would say when I'm having, like, real down days. His yeah. voice uh-huh. is, is, is that. <laughs> and, like, for me, as a person who's in the market, some people I can't listen to, some people I can. Mm-hmm. So I guess the question I really want to ask is, like, how do you differentiate yourself in the market of public speakers? Because, like, everyone, like, has a style. Because you were kind of alluding to that a little bit. So that was actually, yeah. like, my question I really want to ask. Like, how do you differentiate yourself from those people? Because I know. Sure, sure. I think it's um, a lot of the times, like, you know, let's do this. Like, you know, when a dude gets drafted to the league. Yeah. And they say, oh, who's your favorite player? And they would be like, oh, okay, uh, you know, Paul George, Clyde Drexler. This is a mixed bag of people. Whoever. Yeah. Kenny Anderson, let's just throw Kenny in there. My man, he appreciates that. That's a, that was a mixed bag. Hey, those three names Respect have never came up in conversation yeah. together, by the wow. way. Travis Howlow. Oh, I know my <laughs> <laughs> Joel Prisbella, how you doing, Joel? No, but look, uh, they'll ask him, like, who do you model your game after? And the ones that I respect is they say, look, um, I mean, I take bits and pieces from all the greats, but I'm my own player. Yeah. Right. Like I have my own, I'm my own, I have my own game. Right. And so just very similar to you, I would listen to ET and I tried stuff. I'm not ET. Mm. You know, my voice okay. is high pitched. I get loud. My voice gets even higher. Um, I'm funny, um, but I can be funny. And in the same breath, give you some seriousness to it. That makes you reflect and think. So I really had to just experience. See, like a lot of there's a quote that I have talking about marination, right? So let's say anybody been to a cookout so far this year? Okay, all right. I know we had mine. He came over, you know, my food. I was back and stopped playing with me. He was mad though because I forgot. <laughs> I forgot he was vegan, and he, that's why he was like, "You want me to bring anything?" I was like, "Bro, we got hella food." Uh-oh. And he comes and he's like, "Do you want, bro?" He's staring at it. I said, "No, food. I ruined the party." 
What'd you end up eating? Had him in, had him in there eating mac and cheese. Bread. Bag. Hella <laughs> chips and salsa. Guac. Bread. Guac. <laughs> yeah. yeah. Nice. Mm-hmm. And more bread. <laughs> and more bread. Carb loaded. Yeah. So, uh, Absolutely. So how how I use, I use, and I use this at pretty much any time I'm speaking uh, to folks who I know need to be more reflective in their experiences. Because you hear a lot of time it's like, oh, experience is the best teacher. Yeah. No, wisdom and age don't come together. Sometimes you just get old and dusty and you don't get no better. Mm-hmm. So what I tell people is this Life is like a cookout Marinated in perspective And like life is like the grill So essentially if I came to your cookout First thing I'm going to ask the person who cooked the food I'm like hey bro what you what you what, what seasoning you put on it What marination you threw on that joker What you got I got that lemon pepper Got that lemon pepper uh-huh. You ever been in that one house they be like Oh, we just heat that grill up, man. Let that smoke hit it. It's going, yeah. I said, you know, this is chicken breast. <laughs> and then I'm walking out the door. I say, where are you going? I'm leaving here. <laughs> I'm going to go to Popeye's or something. I ain't eating that shit. Then you wonder why you got so much to go. So much plates. Nobody want none of this. So what I talk about within that is like, we, we need to marinate in experiences. And one thing that I'm not afraid to do is to mess up. I, people take themselves way too seriously. First of all, ain't nobody thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. You, you don't have this. It's called the spotlight effect. And we think that everything's about us. And when we think that, we're not allowed to find our voice as a speaker. You know what I mean? Because you're trying to emulate. I've seen too many speakers sound like E.T. Yeah. I, oh, you're doing the E.T. And they'd be like, okay, I get you good at it. It's Monday. <laughs> yeah, but just like. The nuance, like you could tell that's who they model their speaking after. Um, I'm actually in, so, so I get inspired by young people. So like um, hearing young people tell their story, even though they're probably on a scale of one to 10, probably a one or a two on like the way they tell it, but it's, they're so vulnerable and they're, you know, they're nervous and they're, and they're just being them because they don't know how to be nobody else. And that's where I started. So I think that um, when you find your voice, you just got to roll with it. And if people are vibing with it, like, so before I noticed that, um, you know, I always get great feedback. As soon as I'm done, I'd have at least, and I'm not bragging on this, it's just truth. At least one, two people come up to me and say, that is the best talk I've ever heard. I'm usually not paying attention. Or our group, you know, if I'm doing some PD work with older people too, um, they'll say that was, our group was so engaged. I can never get them to like engage and have conversation. And I don't know a lot of these groups. So I'm just walking in and I'm just, I'm Tyler and I don't know these things, right? Um, I just have an unwavering belief and in, in confidence in myself to deliver a message, not because external validation, but an internal investment on myself that like mm-hmm. I put in the work. You know what I mean? Like I put in hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours and hours of content. So that's why I know what my worth is. And, and I tell people this all the time. When you're great at what you do, people will find you. I don't market. I mean, I do, I guess I have Instagram, but you don't see me on a commercial like, hey guys, hey, because a lot of people do this. Hey, oh, I got a course, usually $1,800, $497 a day. Yeah. How much, that shit gets so annoying to me. And it's just like, but that's their thing. And they, and they're, 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 they're selling it. And so people tell me, I should, they always, I used to do Patreon, you should do this, you should do this. I'm like, you don't do any of this shit. Mm-hmm. Why well, it's always people not doing it trying to give you advice. Yeah. So there's only certain people that I really listen to on that. And then I just trust my instincts and I fail and I learn and I see what works for me. Mm. Um, and I love it, man, because I love when something didn't go well, like, man, bro, it was, and other people would have took it and ran with it. I did. I, I said, okay, I need to step my game up. I need to get data. 
because there's those data heads that like, well, how can you show? Because as a speaker, mm-hmm. I know I can say all these fancy words. This, you know, people are going to get inspired. They're going to want to be engaged. They're going to make you know, uh, you know, have perspective and make different choices based on our conversation. How do you how do you gauge that? How do you quantify that? So I bought this service called Takadot. Giving my boy Aurel Moody a shout out because he's really helped me a ton. He's a fellow speaker. Does a lot of stuff. Has a Disney show. Like dude is on, and um, it gives instant feedback. So when I'm speaking. Uh, there's a little QR code and it takes them straight to my social so they can give me a follow, which we got to talk about that. That hasn't been as productive as me just putting on my Instagram. I thought I was going to get more followers. Come on, bro. We got to work on that. Um, <laughs> yeah, we got to work on uh, that. Yeah, QR codes aren't in right now. Big, yeah. big scammer problem with QR codes at the moment. Oh, is that right? Like you can scan a QR code and it can just like install, install a bad stuff okay. right on your phone. Yeah. So okay. like scammers have kind of ruined QR codes. Also, okay. like never scan a QR code in public. Oh. Big, yeah. Oh, okay, Big that's little cybersecurity thing there, yeah. Okay, yeah, I'm just gonna I'm just gonna have the link straight up there then. There you go, yeah. That's better. Okay, see, look, my man giving me some game. So I would get instant feedback, and like it was so cool, right? Like I was getting like, you know, let's say there was 200 people there, like 99 percent of people found it valuable. Two people said they didn't, and then I'm stuck on them too. Like, oh, I'm gonna get them, motherfuckers. <laughs> I was like, what was they doing? They probably wasn't listening, right? But it's <laughs> yeah. but, but people are afraid. Uh, like I was afraid, I can't say people, uh, to take that critical feedback. Cause mm-hmm. I'm like, damn, am I really doing as good as I think I am? And so my numbers were all high, but then I did a high school and I felt like I killed it. I was shutting it down, engaged, laughing, asking questions. And I only had like an 87% um, would want to hear Tyler speak again. Mm. I was like, shit. At least 13% of these people would not want to hear me again. I was like, B plus. That's, yeah, that's not good. I, I need, I want 100% on everything. Yeah. So it's that that drives me, right? That I, I, I don't, I'm never going to shoot for perfection, but like, okay, I'm not going to, I'm not the one to sit down and point the finger and blame and say, oh, because of, you know, you just didn't like how I talked or you didn't know. I need to, I need to understand like, what am I missing to reach these people, right? Mm-hmm. Um, but I also believe that if you re- literally are reaching everybody and everybody wants to hit you all the time, like you really don't have, you're just kind of, saying in general things you're not pissing nobody off i like to piss people off mm. and get them to really think so i'm not i tell people all the time i ain't a motivational speaker uh, i'm an inspirational storyteller and a challenging conversationalist i'm in your face with it and so i was i'll just tell this last one then we can go to the next question but uh i was at a school district won't be named they're local in the portland vancouver area big school district it's not, it's not Portland Public, okay? I, I could just say that. I went to Portland Public. Shout out to y'all. We need to work together more. It makes no sense. I went through your whole system, and I've talked at like two schools. Come on. Bruh, I had to ask the question because I got there was a vibe. They brought me in because a lot of the thing when they, we were coming back from COVID, COVID that people were reaching out to me for was like, man, the kids are just not motivated. They're disengaged. I'm like, well, let's first just talk about this. That's everybody in the world. Okay, yeah. well, at least like... In every educational sector, that's how yeah. people are feeling. They're just trying to navigate it. And then I said, well, let's do something. I want you to raise your hand without a shadow of a doubt in your heart, without hesitation in your spirit. You can raise your hand and say, you know 100% why you do the work that you do. You know what gives you the fuel for the vehicle as an admin, as a pr- principal, as a teacher, as a, you know, uh, you know, a, a paraeducator. You know why you show up every day. Only about 50% of people raise their hand. Now, that's, let's say that's tw- like staff? This was a, this was an entire school district. Okay. Right. Yeah. Uh, so hundreds, hundreds mm-hmm. of people. And um, 
I empathize with educators because I worked in the educational system, and it's tough. You know what I mean? I had good jobs, though, right? Like, I was, I was the, the homie to everybody. Like, I didn't have to teach a class. I got to just <laughs> interact with you know, all the time. But, like, we had the easy job, you know what I mean? But uh, the teachers' jobs are incredibly difficult. So I didn't treat that lightly, but when I, I said this, I took a long pause. And I said, just look around the room right now. Let's just say 10, 15% of people just don't want to participate, don't want to raise their hand. You're always going to get that. So that's still like, th- which I don't get. Like, why are you not engaging? But, the, oh, then you're mad that your students aren't engaged. Yeah. Well, look at you. What are you doing? Because they're going to mirror what you're doing. You're the one with the influence. I'm just coming here for one day. And that's what I try to tell them. We're trying to create a culture. So I looked at them after about five seconds of awkwardness, <laughs> just not saying nothing. And I said, and there's the problem right there. Safe to say they never brought me back. Dang. A lot of people were, but I got, I mean, that, as people were walking out, not everybody, of course, but like 50% of them came up and personally shook my hand. You know, uh, I empathized with them and, you know, they asked a couple questions and stuff. So it was a, it was great as far as really creating change. See, as a speaker, I'm, I don't want to just make you motivated in the moment. That's easy. Right. And, and I try to tell people, like, we talk about success and they say, one of the things you got to be is motivated. I said, well, shit, you ain't going to be very successful if you're sitting around waiting to be motivated. That's just not how that's a feeling. Right. You can't always control that. So a lot of times you got to you, you, you can't feel your way into an action. You got to act your way into a feeling. Does that make sense? Mm-hmm. So like when I if if I have a trouble being uh, consistent with something. Why don't you just try being consistent on something that you know you could be consistent with every day? You know, it's like the person wants to start working out. They go to the gym and they kill themselves. They try. They say, I'm going to do 50 push-ups. I'm going to do 50 squats. I'm going to do this. You ain't done a push-up, a squat, or nothing in 10 years. <laughs> you ain't going to be able to walk down the stairs. You're going to be tumbling and stumbling. You ain't going to be able to shit for two days. <laughs> you ever been there before trying to sit down after you done leg day, boy? One thing I never understand, <laughs> I put this on my story. You might have seen this. <laughs> Whoever, uh, architects, designers, here's a tip. Stop putting leg equipment upstairs. (laughs) Put it on the lower level. Who the hell's trying to walk down some stairs after I've done leg day? You're just just asking for a lawsuit. Well, what happened? My legs was worn out. (laughs) You motherfuckers put these damn stairs up here. Ain't no elevator. (laughs) So anyway, man, that's just where I'm at with it, man. Like, um. You got to find your own voice, but you got to marinate in experiences, right? That will develop your perspective. And I think only then will you be able to find your voice. Because um, if you're speaking in a way that, and you know what it is. We've all been there before. Maybe it's not speaking, it's doing something else that's unauthentic to you. Um, you might be really good at hiding it, but at some point there's going to be, a, you know, a, a tipping point. And... Uh, you're going to be resentful of that and you're going to max out at a certain level because you have now lost creativity and you've just relied on whatever, trying to be like somebody else. Um, so you got to get some experiences. You know, it's just like, if you're trying to try a new move, there's this funny uh, like little video with Pat Ewing when he was coaching. Did y'all see that one? And he was just like, he's like, what was that shot? Have you ever worked on that shot? (laughs) And he's like, I don't know. He probably said, yeah, I've worked on that shot. But like, you don't want to work on a shot 
when the popcorn's going and the lights is on. You want to, you know, quote says you 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 want to people get rewarded in public for what they practice for years in private. Right. So what are you working on behind the scenes? And I'm big on that. So like when I'm in my car, sometimes I listen to music, but I'm reflecting new content. I know I got a session coming up here with a school district. We're talking safety. And as far as safety, we're going to be talking about like how to create a culture where, you know, there's buy into that. Um, and so I'm just thinking, I'm thinking my mind, this is always working on new content, new ideas. And it's dangerous in a car because I'd be trying to take notes and don't do that. Oh, no. Yeah. So I just <laughs> good thing we got memos. You know what I mean? We got memos. So. There you go. Experiences, man. Marination. <laughs> Marinate your chicken, people. That old nasty shoelace, <laughs> dirty tennis shoe food that you got going on. Um, do you have time for one more question? I got time, bro. Okay, we're good on time? Today I got time. Okay. Uh, sing, <laughs> uh, so we all have good days, bad days, high energy days, low days. As someone that works in the field where you, you know, you're supposed to motivate people, what, what helps you get motivated when you're maybe feeling a little low energy on a day? That's a good question, man. This is where you got to be vulnerable. Um, well, first of all, the word I said, vulnerable. Um, one of the greatest compliments I can get. It's not that you were the best speaker ever. That was the greatest quote. It's, I appreciate your authenticity. I loved how you were so vulnerable, right? And so if I ain't feeling it, I'm not going to say that right when I walk in. They'd be like, well, shit. That was one of the things. That was one of the quotes. When I got 87%, he was like, uh, I thought I came here to be motivated. <laughs> I was like, I told you I didn't come here for that. <laughs> you, you wasn't listening. So, uh, so I tell him like this. I said, look, I had just, I just had a surgery. You don't know about this, but I had a surgery. I was dealing with some health stuff and I had a keynote in Spokane, Washington. I never miss any of my speaking engagements, right? So I did one. Then I was in, actually in the hospital for like four days, recovering from it. And so I had a miss one out there. But And I had just had surgery Friday. But I said, babe, we got to drive back to Portland today. Tyler, you cannot drive in a car. I said, babe, I got a commitment. Mm. People leaning, these people leaning on me. Yeah, you know I mean, like I'm off the drugs. I'm, I could barely walk. Yeah. And uh, I said, we're going to drive back to Portland. We got to go do it. So we're driving. Do I feel like speaking to anybody? Not necessarily do I, I would say what was where I was at is a space where my confidence was low because I am a high energy speaker, but then I'll take you to a space like this where we're, you know, it kind of ebbs and flows. And I was like, and so I told them when I came up there very vulnerably and I just said, Hey, I just, just had some surgery. And so, uh, this is new for me. So I'm going to be, you know, chilling out on the stool, but I'm still going to give you everything that I got. So what I do is I try to just, I, I try to take the spotlight off of me mm-hmm. and I try to, and I try to think about what everybody's going through. Cause remember that quote I said, like one of the fastest ways you can gain empathy and then, and not be so consumed with what other people think is understand that people aren't thinking about you nearly as much as you think they are. Mm-hmm. So like, for instance, we're all worried about self. So I know that going into a talk. So I'll say that. I'm like, look, homie over here might be thinking about, man, I, damn, did I feed my dog? Okay, what time's the game coming on? Like, y'all are thinking about other things. <laughs> yeah. And I just want to give you something that you can walk away from. So anytime I hit that stage and I step on it, like the energy just comes. Because me, it's to me, it's a, um, I wouldn't say it's entertainment, but it's I'm performing. That's what I would say. You know, because before I was a speaker, I was I was a I, I was a rapper, mm-hmm. and I put out like uh, like uh, what about like three and a half projects I would say, and uh, I had bars. Don't play with me. I might give you some before we get off here. Don't play with me. Ooh. Look, I don't play. I don't play. And um, 
everybody always would say, man, your music's so good. I love your vulnerability. But I know I didn't have like, you know, music to market. I was like kind of like in that. And when I say that, I'm nearly not as good as him. But like that Jay Covain where it's like only like real rap heads really listen to, yeah. the, you know, mm. to, to stuff like that. And it was just in Portland, you know, 2011. So I was like, shit, man, I really want to get my voice out there. So when I, I go back to those moments, I go back to like, why did I start this? And it might sound cliche, but it's like your why is your fuel source. Everybody has a vehicle, right? Like, so what do you do? Because you said you have clients. Yeah, I work in like uh, digital marketing. Okay, digital, you, have, you own your own company? No. Okay, so you work for a company. Yeah. And, you, okay. and then, um, so, what do you, what, so what do you do? Is this, this is all you, this is you. Yes. The podcast. He can't say what he does. <laughs> okay. <laughs> what, what you got going? You already know how it works. Okay. I, I work. Uh, I, the only one that's willing to put it on field. video. Huh? <laughs> mental health field. Okay. Mental oh, field. I knew that. Yeah. yeah, we talked about that last time. I'm in the private mental health field. Yeah. So, yeah. got to get. So, high school work. We all got reasons why we got into that work. Mm-hmm. You know, and again, it comes back to like sometimes you just needed that job. But like I, to me, it sounds like all of us are getting closer, or if we're, or we're in that space that we want to be in, right? And if you're not there. It's nobody else's job other than yours to figure that shit out. So what I tell people is like, um, you got to be, you have to be so hungry to figure what that is for you. Like, I can't tell you what to go do. Like, so I say like, define, you know, define successful. People usually say, oh, to be happy. I ain't never met a person that wanted to be depressed, frustrated, and broke. Right? So everybody wants to be happy, but you got to define what happy looks like. And until I got to that point, like, what would happy look like in my life? What would, you know, financial security look like? What would, you know, time with family look like? And I identified those things, created core values around them. And it doesn't matter how I'm feeling. See, that's how I operate. And I try to talk to my kids about this all the time. They sometimes listen. (laughs) Sometimes. Like, you're not going to want to. I'll go to schools and I'll say, teachers, educators or I'll go to to jobs and you got your supervisor sitting here next to you like with a workforce industry I do a lot of work with them raise your hand if there's been days you didn't want to show up to work I'm like everybody's been there and if you're not raising your hands you're lying even if you love what you do even if you love what you do there's gonna be some shit that happens so when I was going to that talk I'm already feeling like shit I ain't got no energy I have doctor doctor said I need to immediately go home and lay down I said no 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 Three minutes before I'm about to go on it, well, three minutes before we show up, I'm going on stage. In 10 minutes, my son calls me, Dad, what do I do? I said, what you mean? What happened? He's like, Avea just, uh, uh, the baby, the baby just, the baby just pooped. And I'm like, wait, how do you know she just pooped? Well, she told me, so I took her diaper off and I don't know how to put the other one on. So it's literally a shit show. <laughs> before I'm about to hit this stage, my son calling me, he's 10, trying to change his little baby cousin's diaper. I said, well, first of all, why are you taking it off? Just leave it. We'll be home soon. You don't know how to change a diaper. And so I go on. That's like the first story I tell. It's like, I know we all got things. You're either in a challenge, coming out of a challenge, or headed into a challenge. It's not about the avoidance. It's about how you develop um, things that help you navigate and maneuver the detours. See, but a lot of people give up when they see the detours and they turn around and come home. But if you want it bad enough, like I have some tickets right here to Hawaii, right? And I'm afraid to fly. But they're free tickets, and I got to stay for a week. That fear going, we gonna figure it out. Do <laughs> that fear, you know. If Yo. you want it bad enough, if if my daughter, she is very highly motivated by sugar. I asked her to clean her little room. She's five. I'm play games. We we play no games. She's five. I said, baby, look, 
I'll let you watch the show a little bit longer, but you need to clean up by nine o'clock. I come down there at nine o'clock. You think it's cleaned up? No. She said, Daddy, I don't, I don't, I didn't know what time was. I didn't have a watch. I didn't know. I, I was like, You know, we got Alexa. You can use the iPad. If I said, Hey, at nine o'clock, I'm going to give you ice cream, you on the door at 8.59. Daddy, I'm ready. Can I get my ice cream? See, you do it because you want to. We prioritize the things that we say are important, but it's not so much what you say, it's what you do that tells me what is really important. Or there's a, a level of fear that you just got to figure out how to navigate through. Uh, with such a big family, how do you help them recognize their own motivations? Oh, that's a good one, man. Well, the first thing is we don't, we don't really use the word motivated in the house. I'm not saying that's a bad word, but that causes them to think that I'm not motivated, so I don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And the reality is you just said it like literally everything that we want is on the other side of the door, on the other side of the door of uncomfortability, fear of the unknown. Um, People typically are held back uh, from their habits, their perspective or the people that they kick it with. Right. (laughs) So I talk about that a lot. I talk about who my kids spend a lot of time with. And I can tell when my son might have been kicking it with a kid, sweet kid. But he ain't get the same drive as you. He ain't he, he his mom and his you know family. They ain't in his ear like that. I can already tell because I seen. It. I worked with kids for a long time. Um, they're gonna drastically have an impact on you, especially at that age when you start 11, 12, 13, 14. Like we we're the influencers until our kids get like about where Amari's age is at. Now I'm starting to watch him move a little different, and I'm like, oh okay, little boy, I see how you moving. Right. So we talk about I have very open dialogue with them. It's much harder with my older, older girls or teenagers. Anybody that's figured that out, my email is Tyler Monk at the underdog mentality dot net. If you got some answers for that, one, <laughs> I ain't figured them out. Um, I would just say that um, I always come at it out of a place of love and not anger. Right. Like our kids, people, uh, you know, uh, my, my kids are just, you know, just like humans. They just want to be loved, seen and heard. And at the what I see a lot of the time is they're, they're, our kids get frustrated because they're not heard. Like they feel like their voice is minimized because you know my wife was raised a little bit different. Like a lot of shouting, a lot of yelling. Like I didn't, my dad didn't ever yell or shout at me. He just give me a look. My mom whipped me about every other Wednesday, <laughs> so I was in line. I was in line, right? Um, so we want to re- raise them with a level of respect. Uh, to the process it takes to actually create the results you want. Mm. So like I, I ask my kids a lot of questions like, what do you think it's going to take to do that? Or how do you think you did, you know, on that test? Or how do you think you did at your game? I want to see where their perspective is at. Cause you can only coach people to where their level of understanding is at. Like if they think they, like my son, he'd be like, Oh dad, I was hitting. I was out there. Running. I was it. I was like, he was three for 12. <laughs> I was like, you hit one step back and did this. Oh, no. Oh, no. Oh, no. oh, oh. hey, um, it's a different generation because only like the cold kids was allowed to do stuff. Yep. The bummiest kid on the team does oh, yeah. these things now. Mm-hmm. No, they don't. Oh, yeah, man. Do. And he wasn't three for 12, but he, he, uh, what I'm working on with my son right now, and it's really hard, and the reason I use him is because I spend the most time with him. Because he's the only one, he's the only boy, all the rest of them are girls, two teenagers, and I got my six-year-old. Me and her spend a lot of time together, too. But me and Amari spend a ton of time together, and I really don't like training him at basketball, which is sad to say. And I told him why. I had very honest conversations with him. I said, buddy, look, yeah. 
because we'll be out there. I got a man. I got the plush glass backboard, real hoop, so it bounces off right. We got a court, like, and he won't go out there. Uh, he won't really go out there unless I tell him. But if I tell him, he'll go anytime, or he'll always want to go out with me. And then when I start to train him, he, let's say he missed three, four shots in a row, he gets visibly frustrated. I mean, pulling his hair out, stressed out. Then he makes three in a row. Let's go. Can't stop me. I'm like, two minutes ago, you was ready to quit. Mm. Tears in your eyes. Mm -hmm. You can't be like this in life. You know what I mean? Like, you, you got to understand that the, the, the lows ain't as, low as, ain't as low as it could be. And the highs ain't ever as good as they look. Stay, and, when, when, and what happens, I know for me, I struggle with this. I look like today before I came over here. There's a conference in San Francisco that I would have loved to speak at, be a keynote. One of the dudes I follow on Instagram who inspired me to do what I do, he was keynoting. And I'm like, shit, what the fuck? And then I'm watching this workshop, and it's lit. Like, the highlights, people are screaming, they're doing this. And I'm like, you're, you're eager to be like, man, I want to get people to do that. But that's not how I operate in the way that I speak. Mm. You know what I mean? Yeah. So what, what I'm trying to figure out is like what motivates my kids is me, it needs to be why you do the work and why and, uh, and who you are authentically to it. So with having a large family, like, first of all, just trying to be the example. So I try to like this summer, I've been bringing my kids. They come see me speak. They come see what I do. It was really cool. I think they was hyping me up, though, bro. I couldn't tell if they were being sarcastic or if they were really this excited. I, I don't know. Let's just say they were really excited. So I brought my daughter who lives in Texas, so she don't ever see me do the speaking. And she's been recording my content, and, and all these kids came up. They're all her age, and they're like, oh, my gosh, it's Tyler Monk, the great Tyler Monk. Can I get a picture? Like, it looked authentic. I don't know, though. They might have <laughs> just been playing with me and thought it was funny. But my daughter, it was cool for my daughter to see me in that because I'm his dad, and my dad's going to talk and have some stuff to say. But when they see other kids listening to it, right, um, it's important. So um, I try to get like, you know, AJ comes over quite a bit. Um, all our other friends, like I know they're good, solid humans and I trust them and our kids look up to them, you know, and they'll say, oh, yeah, Uncle AD told me this, this and this. I said, I've been talking about that shit for three years. <laughs> but if you got to hear from somebody else to take it in and lean with it, I'm, I'm, I'm OK with that. So I'm very. So, again, it's, it's all about your perspective, which is how you view the situation you're going in. You could look at it like this or you can look at it like this. And then it's all about who you spend time with will be a direct reflection. Like you ever, you, you hung out with them people that like there's room lighters, the ones that light it up when they leave and ones that light it up when they walk in. Mm -hmm. The ones that light it up when you leave, you like feel like you got to take a mental shower. You're like, thank God they left. <laughs> they exhausted the whole room. <laughs> Shit, I couldn't wait for this motherfucker to leave. And when I say that joke and motherfuckers ain't laughing, <laughs> are you the one that we're waiting for to leave? <laughs> What's up with you? And I think people think they're like, oh, you got to be this charismatic and talking to everybody type person. Nah, you just got to be. I don't understand why people would, you know, when I say a room, that doesn't mean like a literal room. That just means how you carry yourself. Mm -hmm. You know what I mean? Like the energy. And I don't like to use that word. Everybody's using that word. But that, that's the real thing. Like, what's your spirit of coming in a room? Are you grateful? Are you, are, when you're having conversations with other people, are you asking questions? Or are you just, you can't wait to get off your stuff? It's not a rap battle. Okay. <laughs> So, again, I just try to tell my kids just to listen, to learn, like to research stuff that is going to make difference in your life. Not like always giving me some facts or some stats about some the sneaker fest coming up. It's like, that's great and all. <laughs> yeah. 
You know what I mean? Uh, well. <laughs> That's great. You going to Sneaker Fest? Yeah, I am going to. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We're going to be there too on the one on at the end of the 29th? month. 29th? Yeah. Some of that? I'll see yeah. you there. My son, I gave my, my son's pump. I gave him a whole bunch of my shoes because his shoes are all dusty. He thought Damn. he was going to sell some of them. Okay. He's try, he tried to refurbish them. I said, bro, what? He said, Dad, we need to go to Michael's. I need to get some paint. Ooh. Have you ever painted a shoe before? You think you're going to pay some shoes and sell them first day? Yeah. You, you is living in fantasy land. Yeah. And this is exactly how I talk to him. <laughs> Oh, yes. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let me just, I'll share this last little funny story about 30 seconds. So this is just kids, bro. These are, <laughs> most of my content comes, and you probably can tell, from just being a dad and yeah. having, I just create content from my house. Because, yeah. like, I try to shit out on them first, see if it works. And then if it worked, I said, ooh, that really worked. Let me go run with it. So we're going to make, I took my son to McDonald's. He had just had got a concussion, uh, like, a couple weeks ago. So we're going to oh, his no. last doctor's appointment. <laughs> and he had done three things consecutively. That I was like, shit, maybe that concussion still got you. So look, we go, look at me. So let's start, let's start with the first thing he did. The first thing he did, his room is never really dirty. He's pretty clean. He's a good, clean kid. And I'm on him about that shit, right? Like you need to keep your space clean. Bro, I go in his room. He had these Gatorade bottles like on his trophy kind of thing. And it don't really look like Gatorade, but it oh. ain't water. Oh, I said, it's prime, isn't it? Uh-uh. No, it's not Prime? Oh, it's worse. So oh, I said, so you know what Prime is. I know what Prime is. Okay, yeah. yeah he said, the, luckily, he said those things are nasty. They are, but kids yeah. have been collecting those. Oh, yeah. They just, whatever's yeah. a trend, they, yeah, they're yeah. trying to get on whatever's popping. <laughs> this fool, I said, I'm like, what is that? Oh, he's like, oh. What do you mean, oh? Oh, oh it's P. I was like, hold on, hold on. Oh. He said, I said, it's what? Yeah, like four Gatorade bottles. Mind you, one of the bottles ain't, they ain't even a lid on it. <laughs> one of the other bottles you know when you kind of halfway do the lid yeah I said you joking right he's like no 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 no." he's like looking at me like he's scared now I'm like wait you are joking <laughs> when I say his bedroom and the bathroom are from here to that door he gives me a excuse oh dad I'm just really tired of the night I said no y'all ass is scared of the dark Cause anytime you, I hear you coming up to our stairs, you dumping and running because you scared of the dark. It's okay yeah. to say you scared of the dark, but if you don't stop pissing in these damn, <laughs> so yeah. then he's full. Look, but then guess what he says? I said, go dump those in the toilet, and then I try to catch him, and I was, and I was like, hey, where'd you put the bottles? <laughs> oh, in the recycling. What? <laughs> recycling in the house? His <laughs> pee drippings in the recycling? Uh-oh. <laughs> he's just losing his mind. And then we're going, we're headed now next. Door. We got a McDonald's. He got the spicy chicken sandwich, boom. He's like, oh, dad, they got this cookies and cream pie. Like, you know, you have an apple pie. Uh-huh, yeah. I'm like, cookies and cream pie, is it cold? And he's like, I don't know. Like, that shit sounds gross. And it's, he's like, oh, it's hot. And he starts eating it. And then uh, I look over to him. It's about 80% eight. And both of us at the same time, he says, ugh, gross. I was like, that shit look nasty. And then we, I just started making a joke. I was like, wait. So it was nasty, but you ate eighty percent of it. <laughs> you just kept eating it, thinking it was gonna get better. <laughs> that's like that's what people do, though. You know what I mean? Like they keep doing that same thing, think something's gonna change, like it would just get better. Cause like what? It, cause he's so invested now. Yeah. Like I spent so much time and energy on this. I was like, I was like, you the motherfucker, like you still eating it, licking your fingers. Oh, that was nasty. Why are you still eating that? You know, he's done some questionable stuff since that concussion, bro. But those two things, I was like. I can't wait to eat some nasty food and lick my fingers afterwards. <laughs> I was, he was it's just like peeing in cups. It's like, so it's stuff like this. It's like, I don't know. I'm trying to relate this. I'm going to get to it though. Um, like, it, you know, what, what, 
I have real conversations with my kids, right? Like I don't sugarcoat nothing, but I love my kids in a way that like my son, you've seen, he won't leave me alone, bro. Like gives me, I'm not lying. 40 hugs a day. His friends is over. He acts the same way. Gives me a kiss. I give him a kiss. Love you, dad. Thanks so much. And I just instilled that in him. Like, don't be weak. That's weak to me. Like, I, that's what the relationship I had with my dad. Like, I'm not saying weak, but with our, especially our young men, they need to see that. They need to have that affection and that love. And so, and my daughter, you know, she always on me, so running up on me. And so, you love them, but it's strong love. And then you talk about, you know, consequences, right? So I talk about consequences. Like, hey. So you want to whine, you want to cry because you don't want to, whatever, get in the shower, take a bath. Here's the consequence if you don't do that. So don't say, I did this, you made a choice, and there's a consequence. And now they look at that, and they're like, okay, shit, if I do that, and here's a consequence, here's a reaction, because everything has that ripple effect. And so, you know, you try to teach what you can and try to take every moment, but it's a balance because you can't do every moment. Mm -hmm. That many kids, it's exhausting. And I think I've been in a season of my life with my teenagers where I've been able to like catch my breath, <laughs> let it settle, bro. Take about 20 seconds. Oh man. Come to boys. Cause I'm like, I was the dude. <laughs> I know what he's trying to do. I know what's going on. <laughs> I'm trying to give you some game. You don't want to hear it. So I try to find my place and now she'll come and ask me some, some certain stuff and we can have good conversation, but it's all a balance, man. Ain't nobody got it figured out. All those parent guidebooks, y'all lying. You got it figured out that well. <laughs> no, you don't. We all trying to figure it out. So, mm -hmm. yeah. so you, partner. Me? Mm -hmm. All right. Um, little quick question. Uh, what would you say to people that say being, you know, motivational, inspirational speaker is easy? Like, it's just, oh, you set your schedule, you go, you talk to people, yeah. so on, so, like that cliche. What, what would you say to those people? There's people that say that? I, I think so, yeah. Okay, so there's people that say, okay, let's do this, because this is a good conversation. Uh -huh. There's, I think there's two types of people. I think there's the people that just say, oh, it's easy, you just go speak and do that. Or some people don't see the value in it necessarily. Yeah. Mm -hmm. yeah like, I could use YouTube, a speaker that's better than you, probably. Um, <laughs> seriously. Yeah, right? yeah, yeah, yeah. Uh, I can just go get that game out this book. Mm -hmm. So what's the value of having a live person there? Yep. To be honest, I don't have that answer as far as... Mm -hmm. Being live versus, because some of the, my most impactful moments were from reading, mm -hmm. right? It wasn't from a speaker. And I love and I love speakers, but reading for me, if I can stay awake, I swear to God, they put melatonin in books. <laughs> they do. <laughs> Anybody ever been on that same page yep. for twenty minutes? You've been reading that same goddamn page. <laughs> oh, so so, that's why you <laughs> That's what you got to read it in the morning. Reading. That's true. That's the one time mm. I won't fall asleep. Read it in the morning. Any other time I, I'm sleeping. That's what I learned because I always fall asleep to books. It's Big brain. All right. It's good to go to sleep too. So let's get to this. Okay. <laughs> so let's talk about the first person who says it's easy. That's a person who doesn't do it. Mm -hmm. And that just gets, so when somebody get, doesn't do what I do and they say it's easy or something, that gives me confirmation that I'm doing the right thing. Mm. So when somebody, because it means they either can't do it, they're scared to do it, they just don't understand it. And uh, they're just doing probably, first of all, that's never a person that is doing something. I'm not going to say unique, but that that's never an entrepreneur who says that. Mm -hmm. It's uh, never a person of, of great ambition. It's a person that has settled a little bit. Mm -hmm. So let's get that out. I've never had an ambitious business owned, business minded creator, creative say that. Mm 
I've heard other people say it though, right? Like mm-hmm. when we were taught, when I found out when I, how much speakers can make, it's like a, it's like a four billion, it's like a $40 billion industry, right? Mm-hmm. Yes. And I would say I was where I'm at as far as speaking, I'm like, uh, as far as performance and, and pay, I'm like top like 2% for in the profession that I, that I'm in. Mm-hmm. Um, and we just scratching the surface. Like there's so much opportunity with it. Um, now that's talking like financially, yeah. right? Like you could say you're a speaker all you want, but do you get paid? Yeah. Right. Yeah. Now, uh, in $200 and a Nike gift card is cool, but that's not <laughs> yeah. your career. So when they say it's easy, um, cause you're just getting up there and you're talking, mm-hmm. but they're not taking in. So when I, when I said like, for instance, when I'm submitting a proposal, I'm always thinking of it in mind with people that don't understand this concept of this. And this is one of the best things I've learned. People don't get paid for per hour. They get paid for the value that they bring to the hour. So for instance, um, if they, cause I've had people say, well, can you break this, this, you know, this proposal down by hour? I said, you, yeah, you wouldn't really want to do that. It's going to be more. I'm actually giving you a deal. Cause what comes with what I do as a speaker, there's content creation. I don't do cookie cutter like messages. Mm-hmm. So I don't just say, yeah, I'll come and do a keynote. But I, I say, let's get, let's hop on a call. I want to see what your goals are, what you want to be true for these, for your audience when I'm done. What, what's some, what's some tangible things they could take away. So I'm creating content off of that. And then I'm building stories and I'm building principles and I'm doing research on the organization. Um, so I'm doing all this stuff that people don't see. Mm-hmm. They think you just show up for 30 minutes, 60 minutes and speak. Yeah. No, that's not how it works. It's just like, nobody would ever say that with like a concert. Yeah. Right. Like, mm-hmm. and these do like, and there's a lot of work that goes into the concerts, but you're literally singing the same songs every night. Same songs every night. You don't even gotta. I mean, you're not creating new songs on the fly. You know, every for every venue. I'm not saying that's easy either because I've done that before too. I'm horrible at forgetting my lyrics. But speaking, you can just take long pauses mm. until you remember what the hell you were saying. That's what the pause for. But it didn't really matter though when I was a rapper because ain't nobody know my shit. Fair enough. Oh, so yeah. I would just start freestyling. <laughs> oh, okay. <laughs> and then nobody knew it anyway. So anyway. So, okay, there, we, so we've touched on that person. So I have yes. to extrapolate through a proposal or through communication. Um, and I don't have to do this that often because my, a lot of my business is built off word of mouth. Like I yeah. was just in New Mexico. I've been in San Diego. I've been in a lot of different places. Not because, you know, somebody found me. It's because I spoke and somebody heard that and they said, you need to have him come speak. Mm-hmm. And so that's, and I, so I, I just look at it like, man, if I actually had a, I have a strategic marketing like plan, but not like, it's not robust. It's not like, yeah. I know I could be doing things much, you know, uh, a lot more, but then I just don't want to be on the road all like that. Yeah. So there's that person. So I have to explain to them sometimes like the value that you're getting with this. And what I always do is I always deliver more than what is expected. So if they want me to do a keynote, I say, look, I'll do a keynote. Then I'd love to do a follow-up session workshop with your people, whether that be some PD training or a follow-up with some students. And then I have a digital series that I have uh, called the Underdog Mentality Essence. And that will be exclusively given to y'all. So you're like, shit, we getting all this. I thought he was just going to come speak for 30 minutes. Yeah. And I'm very upfront with them. Mm-hmm. And I'll tell them, I'll say, look, I love motivational speakers. I get hype and I get motivated. Uh, but I'm a motivated person. I'm an inspired person. Most people aren't. Right. They needed something to get them to move. So I say that it's it's much more of a of a process than an event. 
So I'm letting them know I recognize that I'm only coming for 45 minutes and you're paying me $7,000. Yeah. So I recognize that. So I want to add more value. Here's some options to do that. And I give those at a much lower cost. So it's all wrapped up in one. If I'm going to be there one day, well, I might as well do like, you know, a couple of different things. So then you have, so you got that person who's like, oh, I don't, it's easy. Then you got the person who doesn't understand the benefit. Um, those can be entrepreneurs because, the, you know, entrepreneur, you know, it doesn't mean that, you know, only employees think like that. Some entrepreneurs, because they're just highly motivated and they have this skill set that like 0.5% of people have. Well, maybe it's, you don't, under, you don't know, you don't need it, but almost everybody else does. So you're just thinking about you and how it's perceived to you instead of how it's perceived to everybody else in the room. So um, I don't get an art. First of all, nobody really has confronted me like about pricing or I've never really had this dialogue, but I can, I, I've been there before when I didn't quite understand why we were paying some of these people so much, partly because they weren't that good. Mm. And I was like, shit, I could, I could do what they just did right now better. Yeah. And make three months salary is what that person just, we just paid that person and they do this professionally. So I think where I'm at, I want to make sure that like, um, I'm very intentional about what I say, how I say it, where I say it. I make eye contact with everybody in the room. I want to have a, a connection with folks. And so those people that walked in may be skeptical or like, man, this is going to be the, you know, because I'll have that on feedback. Oh, I thought this was going to be another one of those. Nah, 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 nah. But it really changed my perspective, helped me think about X, Y, Z. And so that's that's what I really get excited about. People that were, that can't, because I'll ask the question, scale of one to five. A one, you like, I'm only here because I got to. My supervisor is right next to me. Mm-hmm. I don't want to be here. If mm-hmm. I could be at home, chilling, doing something, mm-hmm. if they said anybody that wants to leave can leave, I'd be the first one out the door and my car gone. That's a one. A five is Tyler. I, when I found out you was coming, I researched you. I couldn't wait to hear you. I'm excited. I'm like, where are you at? The average score I get, doesn't matter if I'm talking to students, doesn't matter if I'm talking to adults, professionals, it's about a three. Sometimes you'll get some fives. The fives are the people that I'll ask them, why are you a five? I, I looked at some of your content, so I, and I, you know, I think it's going to resonate. Mm. Ones are usually people that never... They don't even know. They didn't even look at the email that came through to set up here today. Yeah. They're like, what, what is this dude doing? Right. <laughs> so, yeah. 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 yeah we're all, we've all been there. Because, well, I mean, we've all that, we, you know, because uh, a lot of us have had bad experience. Show hands. Who's had a bad experience with like a speaker or a trainer? And it's just like, bro, this is a snooze fest. Yep. Right. Like, you know, and especially you got to know your audience. Like, maybe your audience doesn't need all that hype and all that you know, um, high level engagement. They need some hard details and steps on like, okay, how do I apply what you're talking about? Yeah. yeah. And that's what people are saying. Like, how do I like, you know, I don't see the value of like, I don't want people to ever leave my session, which has happened quite a bit. when I first started that I know how to make people feel mm-hmm. and feel encouraged and feel inspired, which is the goal mm-hmm. because you need to figure out what it is that you need to do. I cannot tell you what you need to do. I can give you some things that have worked for me, and I can help you shift your perspective, some mindset development things. But you got to make choices on where you want to take those things. Mm-hmm. Um, and if you don't, well, then you got to look in the mirror and say, like, shit, maybe I actually do need to find, you know, a speaker and understand the importance and the, and the value of it. Because there was one 
group that I was working with and she didn't see the value in it, but they had to spend the money. Mm-hmm. She was trying to pay me like the bare minimum because I used to work for this organization, even though they were in a different state, I was willing to do it at a lower rate. Mm-hmm. And she was so happy when COVID came, she couldn't wait to say, Oh, we got to cancel the contract. Sorry. Cause mm-hmm. she didn't see any value in it. Mm-hmm. And then you wonder why you're, you know, the people that you serve are struggling because yeah. you're missing something. Uh, you know what I mean? So, yeah, man, I think it's it's it's, it's all uh, it's 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 really a personal preference individually, but collectively, I mean, all the data shows like what, if you ca- you can catch a moment, like life can change for you mm-hmm. if you hear something, and it doesn't just change like that. That's the misconception, right? Like yeah. it, it takes years. Like I couldn't. Fi- I tell young people. I was 33 when I figured it out. Literally, if I'm speaking to 16-year-olds, I was twice your age, and I don't even feel old yet. Matter of fact, I can still dunk until I'm 45. That's a goal that I have. There you go. And I said, who wants smoke? We can go to the gym right now. I got sneakers in the trunk. <laughs> I'm lying. I, I, I do not want no smoke, so nobody's took me up on that. <laughs> I am not stretched. Uh, but you can dunk. You know? Yeah. Oh, easy. Okay. Oh, yeah. I'm windmilling. Windmilling? Oh, yeah. Okay. Well, we get it in 5'11". And a quarter. Yeah, you never seen me windmill? No. Oh, in yeah. a video. Oh, in a video. Okay. <laughs> LA Fitness. That's where I go. LA Keep Fitness. them rims about nine ten for you. <laughs> Twenty four hour. I was like, ooh, this shit is a little higher than it, it is higher. No, it really is. is uh, Twenty four. Yeah. yeah. LA Fitness in the Lloyd Center, baby, always keeps me consistent. <laughs> all you got to pay, all you got to post is the make. I remember one time I did it because I was, you know, most of my videos are recording the car because everybody in my house. And I screenshotted how many videos it took me to post this one video. And one of the homies was like, damn, bro, I thought you was doing them shits in one take. I said, no. Sometimes you get on, forget your name, forget this, stutter. You know, it's like, it ain't perfect, bro. I had like, I know what I want to say, but you want to get it right. Yeah. You know what I mean? It's minimum. I'm 10, 15 takes, but it took five minutes to do that. You know what I mean? So uh, anyway, it's just like for my young folks that are listening to this, that watch this, you know, first of all, I'm proud of you for doing things you're not required to do. That's what leaders do. And that's what people that want to make things happen do. They do shit. They not required to do. And that gives them upper hand. And I'll leave you with this. David Banner. Uh, no, it wasn't David Banner. It was my dude. Uh, man, he's just too smart. Sometimes to even listen to, I'll be feeling dumb. KRS one. Mm. <laughs> he was like, KRS one was like, he said that, uh, old people need to listen more to young people. Because it helps when they listen to young people, it helps them move quicker amongst old people. Because young people have a set of wisdom and perspective. You know, like you're, I'm, I'm sure I'm older than you, and you just told me about the QR code. I never knew. Yeah. Right? Not saying where it's probably a huge gap, but like I didn't know that. Mm-hmm. Right? So we need to be receptive to what young people are feeling as older as older people. And then young people need to be receptive to what older people are saying because mm-hmm. they got a certain percent of, set of perspective that helps you move fast faster amongst your peers because you're soaking up got the game and knowledge. So I think this is incredible. The platform that y'all provide for any and everybody that wants to watch, but for my young people, shit, if it ain't happened for you by next Tuesday, stop complaining. <laughs> what you going to do about it? That's the underdog mentality is an unwavering belief in yourself. Despite the situation, the circumstances or the critics that surround you. And you're always going to have critics. If you ain't got no critics, guess what? You ain't doing shit. Ain't nobody, ain't nobody criticizing people that ain't doing shit. Okay, and your situations. Anybody ever you know, had bad situations and then they weren't ideal, or has it always been perfect? Like we can all relate. Like this is don't act like you so special that uh, you are the only one with problems. 
Now, if you catch yourself always having problems, you need to reevaluate what are you doing that's creating problems consistently. Mm-hmm. People just don't do that. They don't reflect it. Mm-hmm. Um, and just understand, man, be ambitiously patient. One of my mentors told me that. Be ambitious with your effort, but be patient with the results. It's more like an oven than it is a microwave, man. And once you can do that, put things in perspective. You know, you're intentional. Even though the shit ain't really popping like you wanted to yet. And then, you know, I remember I got my first contract. It was $10,000 for a whole year. So it wasn't really that much money. Um, but I was so excited. Mm. I sat on that jo- I sat on that thing for about four months. And my wife started asking me, uh, baby, you going to get another contract? Or are we like, what are you doing? I was like, can a brother just be excited? I just got one, you know, what? Like a sixth of my salary, you know, and one, one check. And so it went from that to, you know, they're making as much as I make in my job and then leaving my job. And now it's just growing and it's been consistent. And, I'm, you know, I'm grateful for it, man. But it didn't happen like this. And sometimes people think it's like, man, I have, you know, I failed every class my freshman year of high school, been suspended, struggled. Like I see people and they're like, bro, I'm really proud of you. You know what I mean? And that, that means a lot because it was like it wasn't easy. But I always knew I was there was something great that I was going to do. It wasn't just going to be no regular shit. It was going to be something different where uh, I encourage people. I got that spirit from my dad and my sis. Rest in peace, both of them. Mm. And uh, and how we just running with it, man, and just trying to just trying to spark that new generation, like Pac said. You know what I mean? So that's where I'm at with it, man. Grateful to be here. Y'all keep killing y'all platform, bro. I'm excited. I said, look, man, you need to get me on without my wife because my wife make me look bad. <laughs> She's too damn good at this. You need to have her on again because she she started her own consulting uh, her own consulting company. <clears throat> so like, oh. if you ever want to do a segment for like, oh my bad, if you ever want to do a segment for like women, like the, like women empowerment, she got game. Go follow her, Venetia Ray. Insta. I will definitely a hundred ten percent be doing that. I got a little segment I'm working on, and I'm gonna need some uh, some dope perspectives with that. But uh, I'll let you do what you're gonna do. I mean, you know, as we begin to close out our show, it's been a, it's been nothing but a pleasure and a, a um, words of words from the wise as we always uh, get from you is is uh, the mindset and the perspective is 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 vast. Um, yep. um, y'all have any closing statements y'all want to say or uh, anything before we completely wrap up? Uh, I'll just keep it brief, and um, every time uh, I hear you speak, it it speaks to not it's not even a creature or a beast. It just speaks to my soul, and uh, I I appreciate your words, and and I appreciate the jewels that you drop. So I just want to say, as a consumer, do good work, and y'all. I really hope y'all really, really, really follow this man. Like, you took, you know, we was going to do underdog stuff over here, but you took that from us. Oh, uh, <laughs> was you? No, I just like that mentality because I grew up <laughs> yeah. as, as an underdog. Let's collab on it. So it's like, I, <laughs> so I, I respect that because, yeah. you know, I learned how to lead from being the underdog. So I yeah. appreciate yeah. you. It's a grind, baby. I love it. I ain't, ain't nobody running from the grind. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah. Thank you for coming on. Thank you for sharing stories, inspiring our listeners as well as us. I'm sure we all feel a lot better after this. Last question. Yeah. Anyone ever tell you you look like Josh Hart? 
If you don't get the hell out of my face, see, we was cool. <laughs> oh, I had to drop down the whole time. Oh, my God. <laughs> Dude, at first, because I didn't notice it until you came to Portland. And Dude, then somebody it's... was like, bro, you look like Josh. They posted it. They was like, wait, how to play for the Blazers now? And I was like, like you do look like me, kind of. And yeah. every time, and I was like, babe, does he look like me? He's like, well, you're cuter. And he has like hey, some, he has w some wife. Yeah. yeah. And she's like, you're cuter. W and he has like some features that are a little different. Yeah. But like, I could see why people would say that. <laughs> oh, I, the group chats roasted in public. Oh, yeah. People, people thought I was Josh Hart. In public? Like, yeah. You know I'm 5'11". <laughs> Do you know how to play my fucking 6'5"? Yeah. <laughs> but look, bro, you, can, I, look, you can't try. Look, man, Portland people ain't no good. No. No, let me tell you why. Why? Let me <laughs> I don't play no games. Not all light-skinned people look alike. Yeah. <laughs> okay? Right. And especially uh, that have the same haircut. So I just yeah. had to fade. Okay, you got to I just had to fade. Guess who I was beat for? Well, I had to fade. One of, who, who'd have, I think he would have been our GOAT. I don't know. B-Roy. Oh, yeah. oh, okay. Everybody thought I was B-Roy. Yeah. Hell no. I'm like, I don't look nothing <laughs> like B-Roy. Uh, hell no. Nah. When he's a full head of hair, he looked like B-Roy. B-Roy. <laughs> we both got them high voices, though. I was surprised. You ever heard him talk? Oh, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> On uh, Michael Porter's podcast. Uh -huh. like, yeah, man. But no, everybody's told me that shit, okay. man. I can't run away from it. It is what it is. I get Aiden Ross nowadays, and it's. Just, oh! <laughs> <laughs> I had people stop me on the, on the street in Portland, being like, "Bro, you look just like Aiden Ross." Like, oh, stop okay. their car in the street. And, I'm and like, they Dude. thought, and I thought that was you. And they thought it was me at first. They thought, or they thought I was Aiden at first, and then they saw me turn around, and they're like, "Ah, oh, no." <laughs> so now we got it. I got to know who y'all get. That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. That's not a compliment. I'll take Aiden. Uh, could okay. be worse. Could be uh, a lot worse. Are you could... talking about like endearing compliments or just like disrespect? Corey in the house. Yeah. They could say like it could be your personality. No. You remind me of this, or you look like this person. I'll go disrespectful for funniness. I've been told I looked like Aiden Ross. Not what? Aiden Ross. Sorry, Mike. Excuse me. Brain, fart. Brain, brain fart. Brain fart. Brain fart. Uh, uh, Kyle Massey. Braveheart. No, Kyle Massey. From uh, oh, Corey in the house. From Corey in the That's house. That's so Raven. That's so Raven's little brother. Oh, I know you talking about. Is it? Wait. That's not the dude that's like Orlando. rapping now. No, that's Orlando, Orlando Brown. Brown. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> he, 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 he be spitting though. <laughs> I've got an Anderson pack. Oh, I can see that. Really? Uh, with the bucket hat? <laughs> I don't see it. I mean, I could see. I wouldn't say you look like it. Thank I could you. Because some people can't. A lot of people get the, the two hats people can't pull off. Fedoras and bucket hats. Well, she wears both of them. Yeah. <laughs> you wear and, both of those a lot. Know, look up, look up. I bet within the first eight Google images, Anderson Pack has on a bucket hat or a fedora. Yeah. Absolutely. I do. Somebody got to check Google that when y'all watch this. Hmm. Well, um. Hold on, no. Hold on. Who, who you Chris look like? Chris Tucker all the time. Chris? Chris Tucker. Oh, they don't all. say I look like him, but personality-wise, Chris Tucker. Personality? Yeah. I always get something weird though when it comes to looks. Um, you look you like yourself. You're smooth. Yeah, you know, I don't think you look like anybody. No. But when you, Chris Tucker, I feel like it's just loud. Yeah. Yes. You're like the I get the, I get that a lot from like younger folks. Like. Oh, okay. Is that right? Yeah, I get that. Oh, uh, see, that's another thing. Then they just thinking of people like I always get. You know, you sound like Kevin Hart. You know, you sound like Cat Williams. You just thinking of the most famous black people that got similar high voices. <laughs> <laughs> also, you yeah. kind of look like Kevin Holland from the UFC. Uh, kind of a little bit, a little. bit. I get uh, the dude from Leverage uh, as well. Um, the the cyber dude. Um, I can't think of it. Oh, right now. you got uh, glasses? No, he don't have glasses. Um, what's his name? A lot of TV. I'm trying to figure out who these is. I can't even think of his name right now. But my mom said I look like him a lot. And then uh, 
mom said that. Otis Hodge. Yeah. Oh, Otis Hodge. Okay. Did you find a Google image of Anderson Pack within the first eight of a hat? Yeah. So that's. (sighs) Come on. No. That doesn't. Let me see. That doesn't look like AJ. Kevin Holland? No. 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 (laughs) No. No? I don't see it. No. It's just the tattoos. You. Yeah. I'm trying to think like. I mean, I love yeah, that. Yeah, you don't. You, that's good, though. Because oh, who be yeah. thinking like, I be getting a little mad when people say I look like something. Exactly. <laughs> <That's> exactly. <laughs> I look like me. Oh, variant. But it's, you know what I mean? Yeah. But I always nah. get I look different in different haircuts. Like, every time yeah. I change oh, yeah. my hair, yeah. people oh, are like, sure. wait, you look you look like yeah, someone else. Yeah, you look. Yeah. So, yeah. I get that one all the time. But. Yeah. For those that have been watching... You know, let them know how they can get a hold of you, T.Y. Yeah. Uh, best platform, I'm all, all social, but the be- the one I utilize the most uh, for the content that I post is the underdog mentality. Uh, you can just put that in Instagram. You'll find it there. Um, if folks are looking to book, uh, to book me, and I always do like a 30-minute consultation free just to see if uh, there's synergy. It makes sense. I want to learn more about your organization and the people that you serve or it's you. I don't do any personal one-on-one coaching, please. I did that and it's exhausting. I love y'all, but <laughs> we're talking about the same thing every week. Okay, let's move forward. But <laughs> if you... <laughs> That's big time. Uh, but nah, but uh, hit me up on, uh, you know, Insta would be good, but LinkedIn, I'm on LinkedIn. Just Tyler Monk on LinkedIn. And the underdog on all the other uh, platforms. I'm building my TikTok up a little bit. My daughter's helping me with that. Oh. <laughs> I'm getting kind of. I'm getting kind of nice. A lot of little things you could do on there. Oh yeah, six videos on there, guys. I have gonna six. Be next. I don't know uh, about yeah, that. Stay off TikTok, but um, thank y'all for watching. Make sure you like, subscribe, hit the bell. Hit the bell. Hit the bell. It's all free. It all helps the platform. It all helps you too as well. You get to hear voices like his. Um, we hear all day. Yes, we. <laughs> Shit, I gotta be home. No. We, we, <laughs> I agree. <laughs> <laughs> probably wonder if I think of you. Sorry, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, I'm for the bag right now. Yeah, for the bag that I never had. Yeah, you probably mad right now. Yeah, I got a two piece now. Oh shit, I think they call them groupies now. <laughs>